It's so funny, you know, I get home at the end of the show and Mikey says, what did you do this morning? And it's like, I don't know. <laughs> All of us work on this show previously from five to nine. Now, as many of you are learning, we're going to be from six to 10. But at the same time, we, I, I compare it to flying a plane. And I guess nobody, if you're flying from Toronto to Florida, nobody rem remembers the time that they spent over Massachusetts. But, you know, it's important that you continue to fly the plane over Massachusetts. Well, you can always download the podcast because we do podcast every hour. Jim. Oh, nice promo. Yes, we do. Uh, More in the Morning is available every single hour of it as a standalone podcast. So I always offer that that's an opportunity for you to revisit something you liked or share something you liked. Or if you hear, wait a second, at 6.20, they talked with Deb Hutton about something. I need to hear that. Deb Hutton is here. It's the Morning Brief. Good morning. Good morning, John. You know what? For me, this is the last Friday of summer. I know it's not officially mm. over for a few weeks, but with the kids going back to school, this is it for me. So it better be a sweet, sweet Friday. Well, actually, the meteorologists always point out that for them, uh, the seasons begin on the first of the month, not the 21st of the month. So technically, we're in meteorological fall uh, as of today. But you're right. There is, uh, you know, and I, I don't want to dwell on it forever, Deb, but there is a certain melancholy in in getting to the end of summer and in many respects reflecting first of all on the fact that the weather's not going to be as nice but second of all all the stuff we didn't do uh we had a good summer i i'm going to think positively and miss it because of that not because we didn't do stuff so the uh, provincial housing minister saying yesterday he will not resign uh the premier preempting that with his own press conference where he got all testy with some reporters not a great day you know, John, this this is uh, if I had gone this whole week uh, with News Talk 1010 and and the time that I get to spend with you and not have to talk about this, I would have been very happy. It's a tough one for me. I, I like Steve Clark. I think he is a good minister. I think he is absolutely worthy of being in cabinet. But I think he should have resigned. I, I really am old school when it comes to ministerial responsibility. And I think this is one that falls under that category. And I do believe on, on a personal level, on a political level, that it would have been in Steve's best interest, in the government's best interest, to have stepped down and, and spent some time in the penalty box and, and come back in whatever time frame you think is appropriate. Okay, so let me ask you about the press conference yesterday with the Premier, where, as I mentioned, I keep coming back to the word, he was testy. Now, you used to advise Premiers and prepare them for encounters with reporters, but are the reporters actually kind of being dicks? So, yeah, I mean, first and foremost, never let them see you sweat kind of thing. I mean, that is that is kind of the basic rule. But but I do think I, I sensed yesterday in listening to the press conference, and I did listen to it, um, that, that the, the reporters are, are they, they get to this point where they sort of get into a pack mentality. You see it happen with a lot of governments. Um, they become very cliquey in their questioning. I think they left a lot of questions, by the way, on the table that they, they should have asked. Um, but, but I do think that uh, the Premier made a good point with Colin DeMello. And uh, I love Siobhan Morris, but I thought her retort uh, was not appropriate. She does have a home. She just doesn't own a home. Uh, and and I, I just I don't think it looked good for anybody, but including the press gallery. 
A survey finds, speaking of whether or not people have uh, living accommodations, that Canadians increasingly are living paycheck to paycheck. It kind of flies in the face of all of the other economic indicators, though, Deb. Uh, you know, when you see that employment is low, uh, that interest rates, yes, are going up, but are still manageable. Yeah, but there was a significant number, and I, and I don't have it at my fingertips, John, you maybe do, of people who also said that their their finances were good or very good. Mm -hmm. So a little bit of inconsistency in the survey. I guess the thing that bothered me was that I did live paycheck to paycheck when I first started out in, in my working life, in that sort of 18 to, I don't know, 24, 29 age group, because you spend a lot of stuff, and you're also establishing yourself. And it was the, it's the group, the next group that I found uh, quite, I, I think, concerning and a little bit surprising that 35 to, to 54, where almost 60% of them said they were living paycheck to paycheck. That's scary as a country because you're getting super close to when you need to be putting away a lot of money for retirement. And presumably, if you're living paycheck to paycheck, you're not stocking away for your retirement. So that, to me, is the bigger concern just overall. But it, it again, if you think your finances are pretty good, and that number was very high, there's, there is, as you point out, there's, there is some inconsistency here. My own view is that we, just like governments, <laughs> we, in our households, have spending problems. So that same poll, incidentally, showed that the Conservatives have moved into position federally where they would actually be elected to a majority government. Uh, meanwhile, there's a column today that says somebody has to sit Justin Trudeau down and say, you got to go. Yeah, we had this conversation. We had a company for dinner last night. We had this very conversation. I'm of the view that the Liberal Party would be best not to have that conversation with Justin Trudeau because I think they are so far gone. And again, anything can happen in politics, particularly in campaigns. But I do believe that the Liberals are so far gone in, in public support that they would be better to let him ride out the next election and start fresh. Because I don't think a new face on the Liberal Party, particularly if it's someone like Christian Freeland, who's part of the old government, uh, I don't think that they will do very well in the next election. I don't think there's enough time for them to do that. And uh, I'd, I'd let them blow the party up and start brand new in, in, a new, uh, in a new era. You don't think they could pull a Dalton McGinty to Kathleen Wynne relay? Always possible, but I actually think they are really, really too far gone in this, not just uh, Trudeau himself, but the party uh, writ large. I really do. And Did his you, cabinet yeah. shuffle was useless. I mean, if if you were going to sort, you know, try to to put some people in better positions and really change the nature of the government and have some hope so that someone could rise to the top, he didn't do it with his last cabinet shuffle. Yeah, I I think it's fairly clear when it comes to Justin Trudeau's cabinet building that it's more about anointing individuals and making them shine in their ridings than it is about actually finding people to get the job done. Yeah, completely. And and he, uh, you know, it's the way he governs and it's the way that was successful for him. But he he is in many ways the face of the government. My only point, though, is that that has taken them so far down in people's minds that I just I don't think there is anybody to rise from the ashes before the next election. Were you startled by warplanes overhead yesterday? I'm in Niagara.
It's the birds. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> but listen, it's it's part of it's part of living in a big city. I, and I just it's short term, it's short lived. I think it's fascinating that we still have it. It is part of the tradition of the CNE. And you know, get over yourself. Get some noise canceling headphones if it really upsets you. Well, and honestly, having visited you at your home in Niagara, what a bucolic place for a long weekend. We're pretty zen here, John. Pretty zen. Yeah. And uh, finally, Toronto's oldest building is apparently falling apart. I don't know if we necessarily have to press the panic button because I'm pretty sure somebody can move in and get rid of those carpenter ends. Well, and I hope they do. And, and I'm always encouraged where the starting point isn't asking government to fix it, but it is actually asking the community, which is what's happening here. Yep. But having just come from Italy, if we can't save a building that's only a couple of hundred years old, we got big problems here. Well, isn't that the funniest thing, though, when you go to Europe? I mean, I remember actually I was driving down a highway in Florida and they said, visit this historic house built in 1926. And you go to Italy and you end up staying in an Airbnb in a four hundred year old building. Oh yeah, thirteen hundreds. Like it's crazy. Uh at one of the places we were in. And and yet we don't seem to be able to keep places like Sussex Drive and and this scatting cabin uh alive and well. So I, I think it's worth it whether it's the private sector or ultimately government, although as you know that is not my first, second or third choice. Thanks a lot. Have a wonderful long weekend. You too, John. That's Deb Hutton. And uh yeah, we went to Niagara on the Lake was it last summer? It doesn't matter. We go every year at least once. And on the way home, I said uh, to Deb, you know, come, we'd love to drop in on you. And they live up on the bench outside of uh, Vineland. And wow, what a perfect spot. It's on a river. And it's, um, you know what I always say when I was shopping for a house years ago, I said, I want to buy a house where there are like four places where if I had an hour and a book, I would want to sit down. And uh, Deb and uh, Tim's place definitely rings that gong.